The Mindspo Podcast. What do you see with your mind's eyes? Welcome back. Let's elevate. Roll your shoulders up and back. Unclench your jaw. Elongate your spine as you take a deep breath in. And now, exhale. Now take your mind to that person, place, or thing that you have gratitude for and start to feel into the joy available to you at all times. Elevate into a higher vibration as we expand together and dive into this conversation. Welcome to the Mindsbo podcast. My name is Rochelle Fox. I am your host and I am so excited that you are joining me here today for another deep dive conversation. And this one is a very special one because we are deep diving with my dear friend and someone that I consider a sister, Megan Rose Lane. Professionally, Megan is known as a spiritual mentor and embodiment coach for women who are seeking a deeper relationship with their soul, their power, and their purpose. But to me, Megan is just my best friend. And I feel like in this conversation, you are going to see such a balance of who Megan is on a personal level, as well as who she is on a professional level. What you see with Megan is what you get. And oh my gosh, does Megan open up and dive in in this conversation. I just can't wait for you to hear it. In this episode, we dive deep into Megan's pain to purpose journey, and she opens up like she has never opened up before. We also go into understanding and embodying what Megan is calling the soft girl era and how you can enter this era of your life as well. We dive into the importance of self-honesty and personal growth, the power of dance and how it can help heal your self-expression, and how you can reclaim the divine feminine within and start to step into your empress era. I know you are going to love this conversation. And if while listening to this podcast episode, you feel called to go deeper into this work and you want to work with Megan and I on a much more personal, intimate basis, then I want to invite you to sign up for the Empress waitlist. So Megan and I run a week-long retreat called the Empress Retreat, and it is unlike anything else out there. We are actually opening bookings for the Empress Retreat for next year for our 2024 immersion in Cyprus this time next week. But if you want to be the first to find out and have an opportunity to book and secure your space, because we only have 30 spaces before anyone else, then you need to get on our waitlist. The Empress waitlist is linked down below in the show notes. So just go there, put in your details, and then two days before the bookings go live. So on the 6th of June, you will have the opportunity to submit your application and secure your place with a deposit. This retreat is so special to Megan and I. And actually in next week's deep dive episode, you are going to get an episode with Megan and I opening up and unpacking after our last Empress retreat, which literally just happened in May in Cyprus. So if your soul feels cold, go and check that out and get on the wait list. And now let's deep dive into this conversation with Megan. Megan, <laughs> welcome to the Mindspo podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me in your home. We're Thank sitting down. The podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you about your journey mm-hmm. and to dive into 
you know, where you've been, yeah. where you're going, where you currently are, your your journey and just who you are as a person has been so inspiring to me. And you're someone that I look up to and I just love and adore. So yeah. I'm so excited about this conversation because you are one of my bestest friends in the world. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I have blue roll. The last time we recorded a podcast, I had the excuse that I was doing my period and that's not true anymore. So today I'm just emotional. So I've got my loo roll, but I don't know why having chats with you always brings up the waterworks for me. So <laughs> well, I love that. <laughs> I love that because you can be all of you and it's all welcome here. So yeah. I, I think the first question I want to ask is mm. how did you even begin in this work? How did you become the Megan that I now know today, like you have had such a journey mm. of pain to purpose. Yes. And I know there's just a lot to unpack yes. in that statement. Like, tell me your whole journey of pain <laughs> yeah. to purpose. But I guess I just, I'd love if this is someone's first time listening to yeah. you and getting in your energy. Yeah. How could you explain like where you've been and how that got you to where you are? Like, how, why did you even start this work? Because you've done so much work on yourself and transformed mm. so much. And I, yeah, I would just love to hear a little bit about that. Okay. So, I mean, as for as long as I can remember, I have just been a very, very deep feeler. Mm -hmm. Like extremely, I feel everything at the deepest level. Pain, sadness, but also bliss and joy. So I've always been super emotional. So my first memory of becoming super self-conscious, I was like six years old. Wow. So it was my this journey started really young for me, and I remember it. I remember being in the swing changing rooms with my mom and having this experience of somebody questioning my body, another girl questioning my body and what it looked like and shaming me, and for the first time, kind of looking at myself and having this sense of just deep insecurity and like this this idea of something being wrong with me. So that started really early. And, but then that was also partnered with this feeling as a child of just being very misunderstood. And I think being misunderstood is one of my kind of like key pain points in my life. As a child, I just felt like I was different than other people. I didn't fit in to my family as well. I've got three sisters, an amazing mom and dad, but I just never felt like I fitted in. I felt like I was a liability. And as young as being 10, 11 years old, I began to self-harm which was really difficult as a child. I now know looking back that I was doing it for attention, but at the, t at the time I didn't quite understand why it was happening or what led me to do it. Mm. I just felt like it was necessary for some reason. I was in a lot of pain, emotional pain. I didn't feel seen or heard. And therefore self-harming felt like a way to get people's attention, to be like, something's wrong with me, nobody's listening to me, but if there's a physical sign that something's wrong with me, maybe people will pay attention. and. From there, I was then just branded an attention seeker, basically. Are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. We might just title this, Rochelle and Megan cry for an hour <laughs> and, a try and attempt to do a podcast. <laughs> no, no, I knew it would be like this. So then, yeah, and then I had that. So that was its own experience, which drove me deeper into that feeling of just being like this, you know, there's something wrong with me and, I'm a and now I'm, I'm an attention seeker yeah. and people find me really annoying. And there was just a lot of going on and that led into bulimia so kind of the the body image insecurities partnered with feeling misunderstood partnered with feeling not seen not heard it was just a lot like my childhood just felt like 
extremely heavy and it was all in my own little world in my head you know I had a lot going on behind the bathroom door I feel like a lot of my childhood was spent in the bathroom kind of crying about not feeling like I belong in this world and not knowing why I was here Mm. so the bulimia then continued throughout school and into my teens and into my late teens and into every relationship that I had you know I was dating guys and I still had this really deep insecurity and also this bulimia what had now become like an addiction that I couldn't shake Mm. and the first help I got my dad actually got me a hypnotherapist so when I was like 18 years old that's my first experience of like an altered state of consciousness meditation in a child work like that started around 18 years old where I was getting a little taste for it that started around 18 years old where I was getting a little taste for it and it was incredibly powerful and then I started to actually experience anxiety and panic attacks while I was at uni that was my body telling me that something was wrong I think the panic was really my nervous system being like we gotta heal Mm. you know and I do think that the panic attacks happening was the I could kind of I could live with the bulimia it was it was soul destroying in its own way but there's something about panic attacks where you have to take action because with bulimia you can go about your day-to-day life and you can just kind of keep it as the secret but with panic attacks you can't So I would be at work or I would be out and about on the tube or like I'd moved to London and I was kind of like trying to live a new life here. And there was no way that I could function as a normal human being in society and have panic attacks at the same time. Mm. It just, it wouldn't work. So that for me was a really, a really, really key moment of being like, I have to take control of my life. And that's when I started to meditate. And that's when I started to read about spirituality. And one of the first books I read was There's a Spiritual Solution to Every Problem by Wayne Dyer. Mm. And it was like medicine for my soul. And I would get on the tube every morning and I would just open this book and read it every single page. I was just completely engrossed in these teachings. And my world just started to slowly expand out of what was a very long period of victim consciousness. I was very much, I didn't know any other way. And I'm not, I don't shame my past self for being in such, like deep victim consciousness, but it was like my own self-made prison where the whole world was against me. I really thought the whole world was against me. And I used that as an excuse to stay in the behaviors, in the self-destructive behaviors. So yeah, so this journey has been about feeling misunderstood as a child and not seen and not heard, you know, and then that kind of shadow playing out in my life. There was also about my big kind of like time of perfectionism Mm. where I showed up online and created this kind of double life for myself where I was, I tried to come across as the most perfect person possible. And it was all rooted in this deep, deep need to be seen and validated by other people because my self-worth, I just couldn't access it from within. I had no idea how powerful I was. I had no idea what I was capable of. So yeah, that's been the journey. And then I don't know. I, I I kind of lost track from there. It has just been this ever unfolding, beautiful, expansive journey. I definitely think that I did a lot of mindset work and a lot of meditation and accessing inner peace and finding out who I truly am as a spirit, as a soul, reconnecting with God in mm. a way that kind of, I, I really rejected the church and religion from my childhood I I didn't I just didn't get it it just didn't feel good and there was something in my bones like in my soul that I couldn't explain but I just knew there was this feeling of like this institution is not for me there's Mm. something quite backwards about it and I didn't know about the patriarchy at this point I didn't know how the church worked or what happened 
or the way that the church had kind of wiped out the feminine. I had no idea about any of that, but it was a remembering like deep within me. So I rejected the church. And because of that, I also rejected God because I was taught that God was a, a dude in the sky, right? This kind of like sky daddy who... Sky daddy. Sky daddy. Sky daddy. <laughs> who punishes us. And, you know, and, and that's that's a big part of childhood, of that conditioning of sitting inside like a dark box with a priest mm. and being like, oh, these are my sins, you know, and being made to feel like a bad person. And yeah, none of it sat right with me. So the huge part of this journey was finding out what spirituality means for me and also reclaiming the word God because I was scared of the word God before. And I love the word God, but it doesn't matter what it means to anyone else. What the word God, what it means to me, it defies any kind of human man in the sky. Like it's so, it just blows that a whole idea up mm. into smithereens. So yeah. And then, yeah, so I think I just wanted to add on to the end of that, that the deepening of my journey into where I am now really has been learning that, the mindset and the meditation only got me so far and I was seeing that my behaviors weren't really changing because there was trauma stored in the body that I hadn't actually dealt with. I hadn't been into the body properly, mm. you know? So I was doing a lot of like shoulders up, a lot of the masculine kind of understanding and the logic and I was understanding life on a deeper level and that was expanding my horizons but there was this missing part where I wasn't going into my body and doing the work there. So for me, somatic work, embodiment work, and going so deep within myself instead of just I think with spirituality a lot of the time people are almost trying to escape the human experience mm. it's like they want to connect upwards and find and almost escape their body to connect up and think they think that that's where the sacredness is in heaven above you know and it's like oh wait a minute there's this huge beautiful lesson to be learned where it's like the human experience is sacred and it's not about trying to escape escape it it's about actually rooting down deeper and bringing heaven in and through and out and that's how we create this heaven on earth so I think for me it was this has been I mean it's it's a never it's a never-ending unfolding journey where I just go deeper and deeper and I'm like wow there's more and it's yeah it's just been I mean, I tried to shorten that for you, but that was quite long. <laughs> no, I love that. That was perfect. I feel like that just gave such a yeah, such a deep understanding of like where you've been and, and the things that you've been through because yeah. it's like it started so young and it's gone through so many different chapters and how you've evolved through all that I think mm -hmm. is just so relatable to so many people. Yeah, it's it's been a journey. I mean, how often do we actually sit and reflect on mm -hmm. our entire journey? It's like, I don't know if I've ever been asked that question before and it and had to sit here and answer it and kind of go over everything but it's really amazing I think a lot of the time we can get so caught up in thinking about what we haven't achieved yet mm. and what we still want to do in this life and you know what we want to bring to the world and we get caught up in this feeling of like lack and actually sitting and reflecting on how far you've come is yeah. just like next level that feels so good for me to remember where I was compared to where I am now wow I think one thing that was just so interesting that you said that was like kind of really, I was like, whoa, the idea that you can hide bulimia, but you can't hide panic attacks. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, so many people I feel go through that bulimic journey for so long. I know with me, like it's something that I've been through as well. And that was something that was really, it took a long time to shake because it's so hidden. Yeah. It can be in the closet so much. And, but the minute that that, that's part of a deeper thing, the minute that that starts cracking open, mm. it's kind of like, you know, when it starts turning to something else where the body goes, okay, you can't ignore me anymore. Yeah. We need to face this. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. So I want to go back to the last three years Mm -hmm. because specifically in the last three years, you've been on a journey that I feel so many listeners that are going to really relate to. Yes. You have the most incredible daughter. I do. (laughs) You really do. I do. And you are the best mum. And like I can say that hand on heart, like I've lived here for a month, like (laughs) upstairs in an attic on an air bed. Like I've crashed here. I've I've been in your space. I've seen you mother. And I just, even like I'm staying at your house last night and I just had to say like the other night, like, Esme moves an inch and and makes a murmur and and you jump up like with this god speed like, like you levitate out of bed and you just go from I'm like cogged out completely foggy and you just the clarity of mummo like yeah. I, I'm a witness to you as a mother and I'm just in awe you're amazing and I don't know how you do it and I I'm just like I'm just constantly so proud of you and in awe of you but you've been raising this incredible child and you've been doing it alone for yeah. the best part of three years obviously you know Esme has an amazing dad but you have her by yourself as well and you've been single yeah and you've been you know you've been speaking very openly of moving out of this like hyper independence yes and moving into what you're calling your soft girl era. Yes. I would love you just to talk about that journey like mm. recently. Like what's that been like? How yeah. are you softening? It's so crazy to even think that I became hyper-independent. Even just to, to say those words, because of the the things I struggled with in the past and needing the, needing the validation and that feeling of low self-worth, mm. I actually developed a really, really strong anxious attachment style. Mm-hmm which is codependency. It's not hyper-independent, it's codependency. So for me to swing from that really, really deep codependency and anxious attachment style to then finding myself single in London, having to figure out how to pay rent on my own, have my daughter half the time. We went through COVID as well, right? Mm. So I was very isolated. That was literally, COVID happened about three months after me and Esme's dad broke up. So I was thinking, okay, I'm going to be single. I'm going to be able to go out. I'm going to be able to explore. Maybe I can, you know, just distract myself. But no, there was, you know, life had other plans. And I'm very grateful for it now because I do think that that process and being isolated in that way, it took me into such a deep healing, Mm -hmm. which I really needed. But also, you know, over the years, I got very good at being on my own, like very good Mm. to a point where I actually couldn't believe that I was for the first time in my life, just in bed on my own thinking, this is unreal. I love this. (laughs) Like I had the whole bed to myself. I can, I've worked my ass off and I can now pay for a flat on my own in London. I can afford a lifestyle on my own in London. I can take care of my baby girl. I was so proud of myself and I actually got very comfortable in being alone and my walls just went up to protect that. And I think that's kind of something that I've had to face because what happened was over time, I slowly started to realize like, okay, I'm ready to meet someone now. Mm. I want to meet someone now. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in that space. I'm ready to let someone back in. But there was still a wall there, very much like a shield over my heart, which is understandable. When you are a single mom, you have your child to think about too. And they come first at the end of the day, right? So you don't want to bring anyone into their lives. I feel like I don't want to bring someone into her life unless it's the real deal. And like, you know, I want to find my person. I want to find sacred union. I want to get married to someone and have another family. 
So it's not like I, I don't want to just like date and see that energy of like, oh, just keeping it casual and seeing where things go. It just doesn't sit right with me anymore. Mm. So really, it's been a really difficult time of trying to navigate dating, but also having, so, I don't want to say like high standards, but it is, it is high standards for what I want to allow into my life mm. and the certain type of man and relationship that I want to call in. But yeah, I think just getting very honest with myself and being like, okay, I, I say that I want this, but am I truly energetically allowing it in? Am I open to it? Or do I have a big fuck off sign on my forehead? <laughs> because I think I did for a long time. <laughs> so my soft girl era was, you know, I, I actually, this started at the start of this year, you know, okay. I did my 40 days straight of meditation. Yeah. So what is the soft girl era? Like, what is this, this energy for you? Well, I think like for, for women who have become hyper-independent, which happens to so many women, yep. and let's be real, in the world that we're living in right now, if you learn about masculine and feminine energetics, then you'll you'll understand that women have very much had to go into their masculine energy to mm. in, in, in like a survival way. Yeah. Because masculine energy is so favored. Masculine energy is so celebrated. Get up, go, get it done. Like, let's go. Just constantly acting, doing, mm. burning yourself out. Like it's such a celebrated culture. You know, boss, babe, hustle, grind. And actually, you know, feminine energy, which is softer. Well, it's not always soft. Like feminine energy can be extremely fiery as well. But in these terms, that softness, the receptivity, the openness, the flow, the... Mm the let it come kind of energy it's been shamed it's been like looked down upon it's seen as lazy and and I think that's the the trap that we get caught in mm. and so the soft girl era is so beautiful because for me it was I was sitting in meditation and I was really thinking about the shield that I'd built around myself to keep myself safe and what I was scared of and, and what I was scared of was being hurt again you know and going through heartbreak again because my, my solitude had become so comfortable that letting anyone else in the space didn't feel safe. It just didn't. It still doesn't feel 100% safe. Mm. I would say that when I meet the right person, they will help me to make it feel safe mm. and they will show me that it's safe. But in the meantime, it's a it's a very much a feminine experience. It's a, it's a body experience. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's all about the body. Softening. And I mean like, every single cell in your body just taking like a deep exhale mm. if you can imagine what that feels like just to let it go shoulders drop your shoulders unclench your jaw take a deep breath and it's like all the hyper independence you hold on you're just holding so much yeah. and when I talk about hyper independence I can cry like that because it's it's such a shut up and get on with it kind of energy mm -hmm. you know I've got this all on my own I don't need anyone's help I can do it all by myself. Just, I've got this, yeah? And inside you're going, fuck, I wish I could just take a minute. I wish, I, sometimes I think about being in a relationship and how much I miss that feeling of just being able to like slump onto the person next to me. Yeah. You know, having that masculine presence there and being like, oh, can he just get it for a minute? Can someone else just help me out for a minute? And I know we were having that conversation. You the other said day. this thing to me, and <laughs> I was just like, my heart broke when you said that you feel like you've had like a, you've been holding like a metal pole in yourself to pull yourself up yes. and keep yourself together. And the yes. craziest thing is, before you said that, you were describing it, and I was imagining a metal pole. Yeah. And I just think that like it, it makes so much sense because it's like you've been doing so much. Mm. You you're running this business. You're you're running this house 
household, you're looking after Esme, like you're doing so much. And then it's like learning how to like do that, but also do that with like softness and allow yeah. yourself to open up to that. Yeah. Oh. Like that, that metal rod, it feels like is yeah. with it, in my, the core of my being is what keeps me going. It's what keeps me standing strong. It's what keeps me feeling safe and secure yeah. because if I let that shit go, what's going to happen? Everything feels like it's going to fall apart because there's nobody to lean on, mm. right? And I don't have family here either, right? They're in Manchester, so I, I'm not close. I can't just like, it, it's it's such a strange one. And I think that for a long time, I hadn't admitted to myself just how hard that was because I wanted to be seen as strong and I wanted to be seen as someone who gets on with it. I didn't want to be seen as lazy and incompetent. So I, it, it really, the soft girl era for me, it's not a mental thing. It's a genuine energetic body shift into softness. Mm-hmm. It's like literally meditating on my heart every morning and letting that shit just open and receive, let the walls down. And this is like visualizations and this is like me like deep breathing. And this is like me going through, you know, a whole process, like 20 minutes of like, honestly, like genuinely letting myself soften visualizing the walls coming down and my heart Mm. opening and me receiving and trusting and building that sense of safety Mm. in also being soft and open and it's changed everything yeah wow I just feel so much better and it turns out actually I can still keep my shit together and be soft and open I don't have to choose one or the other I get to be in my feminine I get to be open I get to be receptive and I get to flow and things actually fall deeper into alignment. I'm not trying to control everything and I'm not so stiff and, you know, mm. guarded. Yeah, amazing. Mm. So hearing all that mm. for women listening that are like, oh, I, I need this yeah. in my life. Yeah. I'm ready for my soft girl era. Sign me up. How would you, you know, instruct someone just to start? Like what are three things that people could do at home just to enter that soft girl era and to get started in this journey of softening and letting go mm-hmm. and loosening and just feeling safer within themselves. Yeah. I, I think for me, it was like setting the intention that that's what I was going to do. Mm. So it's really like intentional. I really just like the radical self-honesty, accepting, okay, I have been very guarded for a very long time. For me, that was very hard to admit. Mm. I actually almost didn't even notice that it had happened until I had like a bit of a moment where I was like, oh shit, I've been really like, I've been really protecting myself here Mm. to a point where I've not let anyone in. There's that moment of self-awareness where you actually recognize that you have been in this pattern of hyper-independence and that's okay and that you want to soften. I mean, when you do that, you're already halfway there, Mm. (laughs) you know? For me, that was like the main thing. So having that intention. Next step, I would say, give yourself full permission to explore what it feels like to be soft. Mm. Give yourself permission from within yourself to explore what a soft life, what a soft energy would feel like in your body. Mm. And also, you know, knowing in that, that reassuring yourself that this is safe to explore. Mm. This is safe because that's going to be the biggest block. It's not, it doesn't feel familiar. And therefore when it's not familiar, 
it feels unsafe, right? I, I love that you said that because for me, that is one of the biggest things that blocks people from mm. trying a new way. It's because they don't feel safety in yes. it. And it's honestly, for me, like so much with like subconscious reprogramming with manifesting, a, a lot of the time someone will come to me and I will just give them the affirmation that you are safe. They're like, no, 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 I want something else. I'm like, the affirmation is <laughs> I am safe. They're like, no, but I, Rochelle, I want something else. I'm like, the affirmation <laughs> is I am safe. And it's so important. Safety is such a fundamental thing. Like you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you've ever not Googled that, Google Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you will see safety, core thing. Mm -hmm. We all need safety and security. It's our first thing. So yeah, I I just, that's so important. Yes. And also just to see where like in, in, to piggyback off that, where the threat has been, Mm. you know, where you feel that like threat of what would happen if you do, if you do soften and you let someone in yeah, or you do drop your guard and ask for help. What's the fear? What's like the big scary thing in the closet? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Where's the miming projecting that? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, So really getting super and be objective about that as well. You know, take a bird's eye view, look over where your hyper-independence started, when things started to feel unsafe, Mm. why you went into this kind of like shell of I can do it all on my own mm. and what the fear and the that sense of like unsafety is around actually letting your let, letting that go letting that guard down mm. and you know that that in and of itself can be attached to trauma and therefore working with someone on that would be amazing as well yeah and then the third thing would be to dance like dance yeah and I mean like let yourself move mm. like it's crazy so if you just pulled like a bunch of women like random women off the street and put them in a room and you told them like I just want you to dance just be free dance put some music on for them like nine out of ten women would just stand there stiff and be like I don't know how to move mm. like I don't know what to do like, this is so embarrassing and it's like we are not in our bodies how are we supposed to be soft and receptive and open and go with the flow if our bodies are so stiff and we're holding so much shame and pressure and life just feels like we're in this pressure cooker and it's like, ah, I can't move. Like, how are we actually supposed to soften if we're not in our bodies, if everything's just from the shoulders up and we're in our heads all the time? So like, I cannot tell you how powerful. I went to an event not long ago with one of my mentors and she had everyone blindfolded and we all danced in this room blindfolded. And for the first few minutes, I even felt awkward and I danced most of the time, but I was in a room full of women. I felt a bit awkward. We put blindfolds on and within a few songs in five, 10 minutes, I was on the floor rolling around. I was like twerking. I was like rolling around on my back. I was just in fully, I was not in my head at all. I forgot where I was. And oh my God, the messages that came to me, the wisdom, the the things that moved through me, the emotions, like there was so much going on in the body that we don't pay attention to and it's mm-hmm. where the magic is. So I think that even if you do nothing else but dance, every single morning or every single evening for like half an hour a day, your life will change. Like you mm-hmm. will just naturally open and soften and start to let go. Mm-hmm as your body does, you know? Yeah. I love that. And just dance for no one but yourself. Yeah. You don't have to film it. You don't have to do no. anything. You don't have to have anyone in the room. When I first started this, because this has been big for me, dance, you were really like an inspiration for me to move more. Mm. When I first started dancing, 
I had to kind of kick my partner out and to be play my music, have him say nothing and just be completely by yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. And that was actually when the softening happened. It was dancing for myself, yeah. within myself, yeah. not performative, not for anyone else. And mm-hmm. that was so powerful because mm-hmm. I feel like it's so funny when I just think back to dance, because like, I've been really blocked around dance, right? This is something that I've had to really work on. I feel like my first memories of dance were ballet. Yeah. And I was doing everything wrong. My mom was a, com- a professional ballet and cabaret dancer. Mm-hmm. I have some amazing photos of my mom with some incredible looking tits. Okay. With like those full on like Brazilian, bejeweled, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I think I always grew up being a bit of a perfectionist about mm-hmm. dance. It was always taught to me in a very stiff kind of way. And then when I had to learn how to get back into my body through dance with spirituality and explore mm-hmm. what it meant to dance from that place, yeah. for rediscover it. Yeah. So many blocks came up and it had to, you have to firstly find music that you really like and music Mm -hmm. that allows you for me, it's like music that gets me moving in my hips and not just like music that you hear like every day on the radio. Like you need to search for the kind of music that gets your soul going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1000%. Yeah. And gosh. Yeah. So there's two things that help. I mean, one thing that's so helpful in particular is asking the question before you dance, how would this music like to move through me. Mm. So you're actually connecting with the music and allowing the energy of the music to move your body, right? So then you get out of your head thinking about doing it wrong or doing it right because you're more curious and you're like, how does this music feel in my body and how does it want to move me? Oh, I love that. Right? So you become like a channel for the music. Yeah, we're all about curiosity on this podcast. That (laughs) is an amazing question. Yes. So, and then the other thing that I did when I started to, which is, is coming back to your original point, where you kick Chris out of the room so you could dance, which yeah. is so understandable. Like you, you, to be in that solitude, I then got to a point where this is when I was really trying to heal my wound around caring too much about what other people think, mm-hmm. right? So I would be dancing and then I would imagine every single person whose opinion that I care about so much sitting on chairs watching me dance. And I would visualize their judgments I would visualize their shame I would feel their projections onto me and I would challenge myself to keep dancing to not change the way I was moving to keep showing up to move more Mm. to not pull away and make myself small so I actually turned it into like a very deep shadow work meditation process where I was dancing and imagining that everyone whose opinions I care about most in the world are watching me and I'm gonna fucking dance anyway I'm going to move how I want to move anyway. No matter what that feels like, I'm going to keep being me. And that was one of the most powerful things I ever did. Wow. Mm. Okay. Homework. (laughs) Action step today. (laughs) Whoa, that took me to a place that I wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. Megan, insane, amazing. Speaking of action steps, if you want to join Megan Rose Lane and I for our annual Empress Retreat happening in Cyprus next May 2024, then don't forget to sign up to our waitlist that is linked in the show notes. It's hard to describe just how special this retreat is that we do together. So here are some testimonials from our fellow Empresses that joined us this year in 2023 so you can get a taste of the magic. This week has entirely changed my life. It's just been so magical in so many different ways. This week for me has taken the essence of sisterhood to a whole other level. I don't think there are actually words to sum up 
what you experience when you're here? It's just improved my life. It's improved my relationship with myself. It's improved my understanding of other women. It's made me remember how beautiful the world actually can be and that there is magic there as well. I have learned a lot. The safe space that was created has changed my view and perception of women being there for women. Every single facilitator brings so much and such different energies, different understandings of the world. It's the best money that I've ever invested in myself. The very fact that you're even considering coming on this retreat means that you absolutely should be here. If you're looking to book this retreat, 1000% do it. You will find something that will better your life no matter what. That's a guarantee for sure. I think one thing I want to say here is we're talking about the soft girl era and entering the soft girl era. And I feel like so many women are going to listen to this and be like, okay, I'm ready for this. Mm. But I feel like starting the soft girl era to me feels like turning a blank page. It feels like starting fresh, like entering a new space. And I am so much about manifestation and creating your reality. And you have this program Mm -hmm. that is just so powerful. And it comes from this energy of if someone is feeling stuck, Mm -hmm. if someone is feeling like they just and stuck and they're in this resistance and they're wanting to like kick through and feel empowered and start a blank page you've literally created this program to guide people through that journey and it's actually I think it's such an important program and also such an important step because I think in that stuckness a lot of the time in this spiritual personal development space we talk a lot about you got to get out of your victim mentality you got to do this but sometimes like I've been in that space where I'm like, I need someone to hold space for yes. me during the victim mentality. I don't need to just, you know, dismiss it. I actually need someone to guide me through getting out of that and starting again. Cause mm. the starting again, I even for myself these days, if I have to start something and I have to start something new, that's when we feel the most frustrated, Mm -hmm. you know, just like the starting over feels like there's so much resistance and you've created this program to help people with that journey. Mm -hmm. Just talk to me about what it means to turn a blank page, the blank page, because I just I love when you post about this. It gets me so excited and I feel like it's something that so many people could, you know, get value from. Yes. And I I really think the inspiration for the blank page, first of all, I feel like it was channeled. I I do feel like when I do something like the blank page, which is like a 30 day challenge, like a four week course, these things come to me in moments of inspiration. And then I just get, it just comes like a download and I just write it all out. And then I can testament to that. Cause whenever yeah. you do, you're like, Oh yeah, I just did this thing. Yeah. It just came to me. And it's I'm effortless. always like, yep. <laughs> Cause it wants to come through. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that I noticed that inspired me was that one of the biggest questions and the most frequent questions people ask me was, where do I start? Mm. Where do I start? Like, I feel stuck. The thing about stuckness is that it happens over and over again in our lives, right? It's mm. not something that we feel once and then we have a breakthrough and then it never happens again. Like, stuckness for me happens constantly. We go through these constant death and rebirth portals mm. and it's in that void space where we're like, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Who am I? I don't know who I am anymore. I'm not her, but I'm not the person I'm becoming and I'm not who I was. And I'm in the middle of this. I've got my identity crisis is happening right now. Mm. That happens constantly, especially if you are someone who is passionate about self-development and wants to learn and grow and do their shadow work and, you know, really dive into what it means to be a human and how they can like optimize their human experience, right? When you are someone who, and if you listen to this podcast, I'm going to assume that you are that type of person. When you are like that, the the deaths and the rebirths are more frequent because yep. you know yep. you you actually choose it. You choose growth. You dive in and you choose it. So 
for people that follow me and the people that I work with and the people that I coach and that do my workshops, one of the main questions was I just, you know, I get to these moments where I'm really stuck and I don't know who I am anymore, but I don't know where to start. And I think right now with the internet, I think it's so overwhelming how much information is out there, how many coaches there are, how many people are giving their advice, how many people are making content. There are more creators than ever before. And I do think that that much noise can get so overwhelming that you just don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't know where to start. It's like, I don't, I'm not even going to start because I'm so overwhelmed. And when you're overwhelmed, you go into that kind of like freeze response often. So that was why I wanted to create it. It was like, we'll start here. This is, this Mm. is where you start. I've got you. And I've laid it out in such a way that people are like, holy shit, this just is, this is exactly, it's like soul medicine for them, Mm. you know? It's like soul medicine for them. And I take them through every single week has a different workbook and a different meditation Mm -hmm. and a video from me that talks them through that week. And we go through different stages and it's like, it's, it's very carefully structured to get them back into themselves, to connect them back with who they truly are. It is a spiritual journey inward. It's a challenge to meditate every single day for the 30 days, but the people who do it to the end, the messages that I get from them are just like, they blow my mind, but they're doing the work. You know, Mm. I have this thing with a blank page. I'm like, I'm holding the map, but you have to do the, you're doing the work. It's your journey. It's your adventure. Mm. And my goal is that by the end of it, you know who the fuck you are. Mm. You know what you're worth. You know how to show up in the world. And it gives them that kickstart back into alignment. It's like, you know, when you feel like, you're on your life path. And then at some point you just veer off into the forest and you get lost amongst the trees and you're like, hang on, how did I end up here? Yeah. I feel like the blank page is this like map back to that soul path. Love that. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I'm really proud of the blank page. Yeah. So, so I think it's a sick program. I think it's amazing. Yeah. It's good. (laughs) I'd love you to talk about like when it comes to your spiritual journey and you know being a spiritual person and being on this path, I think something that I I really love about you that I really relate to is that spirituality isn't a look. Mm. It's not like there isn't a a certain thing in order to be spiritual. Like, I'd love you just to talk about like, what is spirituality to you these days? I mean, spirituality is, it's, it's funny how it's become this buzzword that people have turned into such an ego trap. Mm. Spirituality is a very, very deep and personal experience that happens within you. It doesn't need to be shared with anyone. It doesn't need, it doesn't need to be validated. It doesn't need to be proved. You can't look spiritual. It's, it's in your beingness, spirituality. It's not a doing. (laughs) It's, it's in your beingness. And I think that that's kind of the world we've kind of got ourselves into, especially with social media. It's like, how spiritual can I look? Mm. And you'll find that actually in the spiritual community, there's a lot of people who are not in integrity at all. They look the part. If you were going to say what spirit, give spirituality a look that a lot of people do have this idea of that, that looks spiritual, but some of the most spiritual people on the, on the planet, you wouldn't even know. Mm because it's something that happens within themselves. They're deeply connected to whatever God means to them, Mm. deeply connected to themselves, their own inner power. I think that when you get to a really deeply spiritual place, there's no, there's no need to preach. Mm. There's no preaching needed. And I think that you inspire people by simply embodying your own beliefs. Mm. That's all you need to do. You can share and tell stories and be a living, breathing embodiment of 
your own experiences and the love that you found within yourself. Mm. But you're not trying to control anyone. You're not judging anyone else for how they live. I think that there's this huge thing that's happened with spirituality where it's like, oh, well, now I'm awake and they're all asleep. And it's this hierarchy thing of like, who's awake and who's asleep. And actually that's really unspiritual Mm. in and of itself because spirituality is about oneness and connection. There is no hierarchy. There is no wrong and right. There is no like, oh, they're doing it right and they're doing it wrong. And she's more woke than him and None of that even matters. So I think people get, that get caught in that trap are just missing the point. Yeah. I think something that I love in your journey is how, so you've ho- obviously had such a big journey with your body mm-hmm. and with self-love and something that you often say that is even just like a beautiful affirmation for me and just a reminder mm-hmm. is that we are not our bodies. Mm-hmm. And you've really, even though you bring people into their bodies and you're so incredible at allowing people to access that, you really show people that you are so much more than what you look like, you know, the yeah. size of this and how the clothes fit. And I'd love you just to to make a little bit of connection between like how spirituality has helped you with that journey with your body. Because I feel mm. like for so many people, I I, am, I feel like spirituality can be such a, a vehicle and yeah. part of the journey that can be missing mm-hmm. because we can do all of this healing in our body. Like for me personally, all of my like body stuff that I've had over the years, spirituality is what got me out of all of it. Like people yeah. always ask me, how did you recover from your bulimia? How did you recover from this? And like, a spiritual path. It's not this, this, and this. Yes, meditation and this, but no, like it was a spiritual path, not just meditation, like going down a deep spiritual path and transcending this this vessel. Oh, like so, so true. I mean, how are we supposed to heal our body image issues by focusing on our body image? Oh, do you know what I mean? Snap. I'm so, sorry. Can you like that? Honestly, that is that is it. Yeah. Like, and I did that for years. Yeah. And the more you focus on it, I'm, I, this gets you fired up. The, for me, the more I focused on trying to heal the body and address the body, like the more the body just got bigger and bigger and bigger in my mind. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. It's it's and like you said, it's it's a spiritual journey because it's the actually seeing yourself as more than a body and connecting to your soul mm. and knowing that that's the real part of you, the the part of you that's infinite and unchanging. That's where you can rest in that feeling of fullness that we try to get from the outside world through manipulating our bodies and dieting and changing ourselves for validation and trying to win people over and, you know, fit in with society's idea of perfection or whatever. We lose ourselves so much in that. And and actually when you, when you do the work to connect with your soul, when you do experience yourself as more than a human, you find the fullness was there all along Mm. and you don't need to do anything else anymore. There's nothing outside of you that could ever, ever give you that same feeling of fullness from within. So yeah, it was the same journey for me. Like, it was the it was the perfectionism and the constantly chasing this idea of perfection through dieting and bulimia and over editing my photos and manipulating everything about myself warping and changing and twisting and molding this external shell to a point where i was like it's not working mm. this really doesn't work i'm i've never been more empty mm. or felt less whole than I really see it as this like journey, just completely. It's like this journey of perfectionism. It leaves, it's a journey outwards. It's a journey so far away from yourself. And actually the further along that path I got, the more disconnected from myself I felt. And that journey is coming home, Hmm. coming back to me, coming and then going in. And it's like, stop looking out there and start looking in here. And also, I mean, it's, you know, this, 
social media makes this really hard to remember because people value social media is such a visual platform that so much value is put on the way that we look and the way that we dress and our body shape and who goes to the gym the most and how many abs she has and how big her booty is and it's just this world that just seems to be completely lost in the physical side of life which is understandable it's a it's a visual platform but you know any human who's experienced relationship with other people will know that when you fall in love, you do not fall in love with someone's body. You do not fall in love with the way someone looks. You fall in love with their soul. And sometimes you fall in love with someone and there's no way of explaining it. It's like, I just love this person so much and it's such a deep feeling. And I don't think, and I think that's one of the, the best ways to actually understand it. It's like, you could be attracted to someone because of the way that they look, but ultimately that's not gonna keep you around. Mm-hmm. is it it's never going to keep you around the way that someone looks is never going to keep you around and we do it on the retreat we talk i know I, I talk about with the girls when you bring up people in your life that you are completely in love with that inspire you more than anything that makes you feel alive to be around none of them write about the shape and size of their bodies how they look what they look like on instagram how they come across on social media how many followers they have all that shit nobody talks about that stuff and it's so funny that it's staring us right in the face. None of that shit really matters. Like, that's not where we get connection from. That's not where we get love from. But we're so brainwashed by this culture that we, that we keep being fed this lie that that's all that matters. Mm. If you look right and you have this and you have that, then your life's going to be perfect and fine and wonderful. And you have nothing to worry about. And it's so far from the truth. Yeah. Gosh. I think for me, it was learning how to just love my soul. Yeah, like just learning how to love like the the person within me. Mm-hmm. I spent so many years trying to learn the the person out, like love the person outside, and it's like I love them. I have a lot of acceptance for them, but like I have a, such a deep love for the actual soul within me. Yeah. Like I really fuck with soul, Rochelle. Like yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. that's the person that like I when I meditate, like I hang out with. Yeah, and just realizing that like I, I think I always say that this is just my soul like expressing itself as Rochelle Fox, and this is just yeah. my flesh puppet that I'm in for a while. And exactly. I really love and appreciate it. And it's really fun. And I, I love that I get to do all these different things with her and mm-hmm. do her hair and have change and experience what it's like to be different avatars. But at the end of the day, like the actual soul connection is just, yeah. it's a whole nother level. And what really makes someone beautiful is someone who's connected to their own soul, who's yeah. connected to themselves deep within. That's what you I know. love about you. That's what mm-hmm. I, I think if I th- think about what turns me on about you <laughs> the most, as a person, <laughs> you do, you turn me on as a person. I, 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 I I've always you were a magnetic person to me like if, if someone was to say describe someone who's magnetic you would be top of my list because I was so magnetized by you like following you online and even just meeting you I think you're such a magnetic fiery interesting like authentic embodied person and I I think that's such a turn on like to be around that kind of energy Mm. it's like a a breath of fucking fresh air like you are magnetic whether you wake up first thing in the morning or like you're in the bathroom with me like I'm getting out of the shower you're always just got it turned on and that's not it has nothing to do with what you look like it's just your essence of who you are but that's the same as you and I always you know I always reflect back to people and I appreciate that. And it's a, that's the best kind of compliment anyone could ever give me after years of trying to get compliments about my external appearance and then falling flat and me being like, why doesn't this feel good? <laughs> like being complimented on your energy and yeah. like your connection to your own soul, which is invisible, is such a better compliment. But you only see that in me because it's also in you. 
And I love that when women say that about each other, mm. what they're really seeing is themselves in another woman. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's a woman who's connected to the truth of who she is, which is love. Yeah. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I'd say that both you and I have pure heart. And I think that's what I admire in other women. And when I really feel drawn to someone, it's the pure, it's, the, it's this kind of like just pureness. Like not that they're perfect or not mm. that they get everything right, but it's this pureness of intention, mm. pureness of who they show up as in the world, how they treat other people, integrity, you know, yeah. everything's just pure and it doesn't excuse them from being a messy real human, but also, you know, the way that we can own up to our mistakes and just like grow from it all the time and just like admit when we're wrong and everything's just very heart-centered. Yeah. They're the people in the world that are magnetic as fuck. And that's the feminine. Mm. The heart is the feminine. Mm. When someone's disconnected from the feminine, they lose their magnetism. Mm, So true. Mm. I'd love you to talk about like the divine feminine a little Mm -hmm. bit and what that means for you and and how you've kind of used that in your work. Because this is something that you've educated me on and really woken up within me. And we've been on this journey of doing this work together as well. We have a retreat, which we are, we have another episode after this episode. (laughs) Megan's twice in a week. Next week, we're going to have a deep dive into the Empress retreat where we literally talk right after the retreat and just download how we were feeling. It was the best episode. It was amazing. But I think that you're someone that really embodies this divine feminine essence. And I love also just for me personally, you are someone that shows me that the feminine can be so many things that she doesn't have to be put in a box. And your your expression and the way that you hold that and show that to me has really like allowed me to – express myself fully because I I've seen it in you and I'm like oh wow that's that's what that is fuck I want to be part of that energy it's so inspiring I'd love you just to talk about that a little bit oh I mean it's something that I discovered around I would say like three years ago when I really started to connect with Mary Magdalene which Mm. I'll go more into but you know the divine feminine is the feminine energy of the universe that is 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 rooted in truth and in love we live in a society where the feminine has been oppressed and stamped out and we're in a process of constantly trying to reclaim our place in the world and i mean the feminine in every human not just in women feminine energy is missing from this world we live in a world that celebrates the masculine it celebrates the logical the structure the you know but it's tipped too far And what this world needs more of is compassion, grace, heart, love, softness, softness, yes, empathy. Like that's the feminine energy that we want to bring back into the entire world. And for me, the journey has been, and like you said, the feminine is, well, we've tried for so long to put women in a box Mm. to tell them how to live, how to show up, who to be. And the truth of the feminine is that she is everything and she cannot be put in a box. She is just, when I look at nature and the feminine in nature and mother earth, and you look at like a raging storm at sea or a tornado and you see the feminine or like even like a, you know, a a tiger just like growling and expressing herself in her fullness Mm. like that really uninterrupted expression of divine feminine before the ego comes in and starts telling us who to be and how to act in a way that that means that we're going to be lovable or accepted you know the divine feminine its rawest form is just this absolute she can be flowy and gentle but she can be fierce as fuck too 
mm-hmm. right? And she's everything and anything. And when we embody that within ourselves, our self-expression is freed. We allow ourselves to be graceful and gentle and soft, but we can also be fiery and passionate and filled with so much energy. And even our anger is sacred and our rage is sacred. And I think with the the journey of reclaiming the divine feminine, it is really about reclaiming all of us in our fullest self-expression. Mm without trying to label things and box things in and, 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 you know, behave and the whole good girl, the whole good girl thing that so many of us have got going on. So many women are people pleasers. And it, yeah, for me, that's been the journey. It's like, especially with growing up with the bulimia and all of that. If you look at the way that that's played out in our lives, it's like trying to fit in, trying to be loved, like the feminine being put in herself, making herself small, changing yeah. who she is, contorting herself. The word contorting, whenever you say the word contorting, you're, you're like the first person that's ever used the word contorting in that sense for me. And that for me feels like so much of my journey yeah. in like the image stuff has been this contortion, yeah. especially back in the modeling days for me, like this, like needing to be thinner, needing to be a certain size, yeah, like this, yeah. this needing to shrink my myself down yeah and you've just shown me that the feminine can be so much more than that and that she doesn't have a look and she it's an energy and it's a full spectrum of energy it's not just one energy and it's not just being soft and being this like it the definition it defies definition It, it is just and that is I think so powerful because it really wakes women up to what I feel you are the embodiment of. And when I describe your energy, you are flames, (laughs) you are a fire, you are just this raging, beautiful embers, like just this, like something that is just so mesmerizing to me. Like that Mm. is just who you are as a teacher, as a person, as a friend, as a mother. But you also have this, like, it's like you have this warmth and this softness, but at the same time, you also have this like fierce fire and this, and I think that it's so yeah, it's it's so amazing the way that you describe that. And I want to say that something that we do now as part of our work together is we have the Empress Retreat. And that is really all about this journey of returning back to softness, returning back to the divine feminine, Mm -hmm. returning back to being the fullest expression of what it means to be a woman in this time-space reality and reclaiming your voice and reclaiming that power within to express yourself Mm -hmm. and learning how to to do that through all these different modalities that we are so passionate about through, you know, learning meditation and quietening the mind. Mm -hmm. Then through also bringing in the masculine element of like understanding and you decoding those beliefs, but then also coming into your body and fully expressing yourself. And Mm. it's just such a wide spectrum. And Mm -hmm. then I feel like these women that come on this week with us, they leave being like, wow, I'm, I'm me but I'm like me in like another sense. It's yeah. not that they become someone else. It's like they actually go deeper within themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it's this beautiful thing and that I've also really feel from our work together that this isn't about, you know, reaching for something outside of ourselves or reaching some kind of level or getting to a new thing. It's actually about like going deeper within ourselves yeah. and cracking open. And that's why it's so fun with the feminine to play with archetypes. Yeah. One of my favorite archetypes to play with is the wild woman. and getting really back into nature and just getting back into that, letting go of all expectation. And, you know, I I went through a phase where I was like, took my nails off and all my extensions out. And I was like, ugh, I just want to rip off all of this. And what did my mentor call it at the time? She was like, you're shedding. I was like, yes, I'm shedding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a snake. (laughs) Yeah, literally I was like shedding all of this shit that I felt like I had to do. Yeah. 
and no judgment against it. I love getting my nails done, but it's fun to explore the archetype. I'm on my hands and knees. I'm growling. I'm crying. I'm like primal. Mm. I'm in that. I was like playing with that archetype was so powerful. And with the Empress, the archetype is beautiful. I just love the Empress archetype. I feel like I probably live most in the Empress archetype in my own life. Mm, And there'll be certain feminine archetypes that you feel more just drawn to being in naturally that is your Mm. more natural state. The Empress is the the ruler of her own life. She is the authority in her own life. And what I love is that, you know, we talk about this on the podcast, but she she proves that you can be in this strong feminine energy of knowing who the fuck you are, but have your heart like cracked open Mm. at the same time, which is not what we've been taught that we're allowed to be. We've been taught that it's one or the other. You almost associate that kind of like boss bitch energy with like, the hyper-independence, like we were talking about before. Yeah. Shielded, guarded, mm. I've got it on my own. Nobody come near me, I'm good. Like protected, that's very wounded. You know, when you're in the divine archetypes, it's love, everything's loving, everything comes from love. Every intention is loving. Mm. No matter what, how you're showing up, it's always from a place of love. And, you know, when we're, when we're talking about those more like kind of like fiery feminine energies it's like the dark feminine mm. she's she's dark but she's still in like coming from love like when you play with like Kali energy you know the slayer of the ego that's a very dark feminine energy but it's not evil mm. it's it's fiercely loving yeah oh. she slays fear I love it. Mm. So good. Megan, I know we are going to do many more podcasts in the future. I absolutely love you. Thank you so much for opening up and just being just you. Thank you. I love you so much. I don't even know how to describe you. Like I said, flames, <laughs> but I just, you're, you're such a, a good friend to me, but you're also just such a wise woman. I can sit and talk to you for hours and I appreciate you and value you. And I'm so excited to continue this path of just learning about life and doing life and being yeah. curious yeah. and having an open heart. Like you are one of these people that I'm on this journey with yeah. for this, you know, spiritual, you know, quest that I'm on like I don't even know what it is but we're we're doing it together (laughs) and we are you know we're healing together and growing together and challenging each other and I just I said the other day as we were walking I'm like it's like I've got this like Aries (laughs) I've got this Aries person in my corner that like I just you always have my back and I just I love that about you and you're just an incredible person and an incredible mother and you're just you can't put you in a box Thank you so much. Just like the feminine. the exact same way about you. Well, I love you and thank you so much for this conversation. And look, if you want to check out any of Megan's socials, your page, your blank page, like everything that we have spoken about today, I'd love people to go and check it out. Everything is going to be in the show notes, all of Megan's socials, all of Megan's links. Anyway, we've got to go walk Cosmo. We've got to go walk the dog because he is literally. Cosmo is actually behind me being like, guys, that has been enough divine feminine talk. I am absolutely done. I am over it. it's, it, it, it's, It's the end. It is time for me. You're you're done, aren't you? You're absolutely done. He's ready for a walk. He's ready for a walk. We'll take you now. Anyway, thank you so much for having me. It's been incredible again, always. I'm so, I didn't cry. Yeah. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) You did so good. All right. We'll see you in the next one. 
and you don't have to wait long for the next one. Join me right here again next week on the Mindspo podcast when I sit down with Megan Rose Lane for yet another deep dive episode that we recorded right after our 2023 Empress Retreat in Cyprus. I got to tell you, the next one is a juicy one. And if you haven't already, be sure to connect with Megan Rose Lane across social media. And if you want to join our Empress Retreat in 2024, then be sure to check out the show notes for the links to that waitlist. We only have 30 spots. This only happens once a year. So get on the waitlist if you want to join us because the bookings are opening very, very soon. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, it would mean the world to myself and the Mindspo team if you shared this episode out on your stories and tagged us at Mindspo so more people can find Megan's pain to purpose journey and tune into this episode. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, or if you're new here and you've really gotten value out of today, one thing that you can do to pay it forward is just to take a few moments of your day to leave us five stars wherever you are listening to this podcast. Your reviews and your ratings help us grow more than you know, and they help us get more incredible guests like Megan on this show so we can continue to bring you the best of the best. Thank you so much for listening and for the ongoing support. Thank you for joining me for this episode. You can discover more from Mindspo on Instagram and TikTok by following at Mindspo and myself at Rochelle underscore Fox. If this episode inspired you, then please pass it on and share the love. And if you're new to our world and you want to elevate your mind and step into your best self, then be sure to download our app Manifesty from the App Store and take advantage of the free trial. With Manifesty, you can create your own vision board movies, practice powerful meditations, and set affirmation reminders so your phone supports your journey towards that abundant vision of your future. And lastly, always remember, you create your own reality. So go and make some magic.